0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, you have found yourself back to Pat's Interference. This is episode six, a huge win for Alabama against Georgia. We're going to get all into that, go all over the NCAA and talk a little bit about Alabama's season the rest of the way and what we can look forward to seeing. I hope you're ready for episode six, because we definitely are. Let's get right down to it. What's going on, everybody? This is episode 6 of Pat's Interference. I am Patrick Norwood. And I'm Patrick Brickman. Hope everyone had a great weekend. I know I did. That was a a great game. Alabama absolutely dismantling a very, very good Georgia Bulldogs team from the SEC East. Patrick...
1: Can you believe it? We are not dead.
0: I'm a little shocked. I I really am. I I thought that game was, A, going to be close, and if I'm being totally honest, I didn't have a load of confidence uh in alabama pulling that out but they did uh it's safe to say we don't even need to go over the score predictions from last week because you and i were so far off Uh, No, i said 17 10 but i was right on how many they would score
1: you were which (laughs) is good
0: i mean that's good that's good that's a good offense and you just called them scoring 10 points which is kind of like calling them out but uh we got a whole lot we're getting into today so let's go ahead let's just get right into the game patrick i'm gonna start us off Uh, talking about what impressed me most and then giving you my player of the game. It's sort of the same thing. What impressed me most was the play of Jacob Coker, especially uh, when you've got the weather involved, you've got a big game. I mean, arguably one of his biggest games of his career. I mean, this is really a ride-or-die game, like every game is for the rest of the season. Jacob Coker came out, played really, really well against a very talented Georgia team. That's something that doesn't need to be ignored either. I mean, he went 11 for 16, 190 yards and a touchdown. Uh, a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown against one of the best, better SEC defenses, uh, and I was just, I was really impressed. So he's my player of the game, and he is what impressed me most. Patrick, what about you? What impressed you most?
1: Who is your player of the game from Saturday? What impressed me the most was I feel like this is the coming out party for what has been a young and promising defensive backfield that has uh, had their ups and downs, but they're growing up before our very eyes. I mean, we saw every single. Defensive back on the roster. I can't look at any of them. And said they had a bad game. I think they all played very, very, very well in their own right. The player of the game that I am taking away from it is who I think is going to go down. And I'm saying it now is one of the greats uh, at Alabama. And I think that's Minka Fitzpatrick, the true freshman. Yeah. He blocked the punt. He's always seems to be in on on plays. He, he he's knocks down passes. He plays smart. He doesn't make uh, too many mistakes. It looks like, and he he seems to be in energizer. Uh, It's not often you see a true freshman come in and see an entire defense feed off of the energy that he brings, but he brings energy. He brings swagger. The kid, he's, he's from New Jersey and I don't know what it is. Maybe that's New Jersey comes into it. Probably not, but just the way he said that when he blocked that punt and just you know, picked it up. He blocked it perfectly it was, straight down, right it back. It was the into most person, casual punt, punt block
0: I've ever seen. It was just, yeah, and
1: then he's walked in and that changed no the deal. whole game. That yeah. changed the whole game. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. But it wasn't just him. I mean, this young defensive backfield, we're seeing them evolve and get better and become what we knew they could become. And thankfully it only took a couple games. Uh, last year they had um, a very rough season. People were r- ripping on them. Um, but, new guys came in new guys started after red shirt seasons you see humphrey out there he had the interception um and then the older guys the guys that have been there the ones that we've been talking about and waiting for them to really punch someone in the mouth and i think cyrus and eddie jackson really both brought it together and actually punched georgia and and grayson lambert in the mouth with cyrus's lockdown coverage and eddie with the interception i mean uh, that one was uh, actually when when the other quarterback came in. Um, but he. Yeah. When Bryce Ramsey came in the second half, his first pass right to him. He, he threw two interceptions, only one completion went right. To, and then Eddie, Eddie Jackson ran it back. Yeah. And again, Cyrus Jones locking him down with a punt returns. And he brings the same amount of energy that. Minka Fitzpatrick brings, it was was a great game all around for the whole defense, but really the defensive backfield is what what opened my eyes.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, something I want to mention, too, about Cyrus Jones, and if you've listened to our podcast, thank you for those that are returning, (laughs) and if you're listening for the first time, uh, you'll hear this a lot. I I really like the play of Cyrus Jones. I I really do. I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, (laughs) There was a play the other day. It was like one of the first plays of the game. I don't know if you saw it or not. And it's kind of at the bottom of your screen if you watch the replay, and it's just an incomplete pass. wasn't even thrown to his side of the field. And Cyrus Jones turns around, flexes both of his guns in the face of whatever receiver he was covering, smiles, and then runs off the field. Uh, and I, I, like, what I, I, love. I, I like I like seeing that confidence because, I, and I think a lot of that confidence comes from his uh, special teams play too. He plays great on special teams. And I feel like that's where he really gets to express himself. You know, that's that's a point when he gets to say all right, all eyes are on me. I'm just going to go out there and do my best. and I really think that gives him a lot of confidence. So I've really liked the play of him and Eddie Jackson. Another guy we need to mention, uh, Gino Smith, or excuse me, now it's Gino Matias Smith. I do not know the story behind that one. I've I've done my research. I can't find it. I assume someone got remarried or, you know, something happened. But it's Gino Matias Smith now. uh, Played great lockdown defense the other day. Absolutely.
1: He really, had several impacts plays. Yeah,
0: for really what I felt like was the first time of the season. You know, he's he's had a couple good plays here and there, but I feel like this game solidly uh he was very solid. I'll say that. Um so that was really really good. Uh
1: like well, I, one thing we saw, one thing we saw was the whole the whole team really fired up. Yeah. Uh you mentioned the Cyrus play right at the beginning of the game. I think a lot of that was it was uh, the result of, you saw it, we all saw it on Twitter, and they showed it a little bit during the game, that jawing yeah. with that, when Alabama came out. Yeah. And uh, I, I know Nick Saban said he didn't like our team's reaction and jawing with them, but um, I want to say it was Eddie Jackson that said that that was really what pumped them up yeah. before they game. I don't, I don't know what Georgia
0: has to do to realize that when you play Alabama, those sort of gimmicks don't work in the way
1: that you think. It, it's not well. It's like it's like the coaches say in sports: act like you've been there before. Georgia, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they haven't. The closest they came was the SEC championship, but uh, it, it wasn't the best decision yeah. by their team.
0: No, no, it wasn't. It reminded me of a couple of years ago when I don't know if you remember this, but Mark Richt sent the entire team out to celebrate after they scored a touchdown against Florida. Do you remember that a couple of years ago? I, it was
1: ridiculous. I've, I vaguely do. It was yeah. like
0: eighty people on the field jumping up and. Down. I mean, it's just. I, I don't know where. We'll get into that Georgia Mark Rick discussion at the end of the season and see where we are there because the SEC is wide open, especially the SEC East at this point, and Georgia could potentially make it to the college football
1: playoff. Uh, you know, a yeah, loss, of, as we've seen, does not eliminate anyone in the no, SEC.
0: No, absolutely not. But let's keep going. Uh, another thing that I want to mention from Saturday, Patrick, uh, I was really, really hard on this guy last week. Um, I really was hoping that he would listen to the podcast, and obviously he did, uh, because of Lane Kiffin ran the ball. I mean, just he sure just did gave he? it to his horses, man. Lead the carriage, horses. Here's some carrots, horses. <laughs> mush, mush. <laughs> they're not they're not sled dog. Well, I don't know. Kenyon Drake is as fast as a sled dog. I would that'd be a good race. Can we get that set up? Let's get that set up. I want to see Kenyon Drake run after a husky. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But anyway, I I I just I really feel like running the ball is this team's M.O., even though we're desperately trying to be this balanced team. The first touchdown drive, seven runs, two passes. Now, the two passes were great. Granted, they were third and long passes. They were awesome on the money. Uh, very hard to throw passes like that in that type of weather, under that type of pressure. And Jake Coker, cool as a cucumber all game. Uh, but I really, really liked the play calling on Saturday from Lane Kiffin. Uh, Patrick, let me ask you something, and this may be sort of a dumb question. I I think I know what you're going to say. If Alabama plays like this the rest of the season, and I know it's pretty impossible, but let's say for some reason they do. They play like this every single Saturday for the rest of the year. Do they go undefeated the rest of the season? Yes or no? Tell me why.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think anybody beats Alabama on their A game. I think a lot of the nation realizes that. Um, When we lose the games is when we have our five turnovers, but this was probably the most complete game I've seen since maybe the SEC championship last year against Missouri, where we really dominated every facet from the trenches, the offense, the skill position, the defense, the special teams, everything came together in a perfect storm, yeah. aside from one early fumble, which... You know, didn't it scared us at the beginning, but uh, they got it together very quickly. Even responding to that fumble, Derrick Henry, uh, they gave it to him on that very next drive right after his fumble. Yeah, immediately. When we play like that, I don't think any team. I don't think the Ohio State or the TCU's or the or or the Michigan States of the world have the horses to run with us when we are at our best. And we're the best coach team. when We're the best coach team. Um, we ran into a pretty rough storm against Ole Miss, but I think we're showing you what this standard is again. Uh, I, Ole Miss is the exception and the standard would be what we played against Georgia. And that's how the team is coming together. We saw this last year where we lost early to Ole Miss. Um, it, and then and it, it, people were saying we were down. People yeah. were saying we weren't good. Blake Sims was a terrible quarterback, everything, this, that, and the other, everybody, everybody had their opinion. Paul Feinbaum said the dynasty was over if we had lost Saturday. And that is just, I think the team responded to that very well. And, uh, and then we remember what we did to Texas A&M and remember what we did to Auburn. Remember, what we did to all these other teams. It was great. So I think we're going to see Alabama still hungry the rest of the year. If we play all oh, that, no one beats us.
0: No, I agree. I agree. And, you know, it's like if you if you haven't caught Nick Saban's press conference from yesterday, you need to. Uh, Patrick, oh, I don't legendary. know if you've seen it, but he, I saw it It was legendary. He went off uh, apparently after the game on Saturday was very emotional in the locker room uh, talking about how proud he was, about how he believed in the team and everything you know the guy was freezing cold. I mean, let's not forget he's 62 years old and he was standing out in the rain for five hours. Uh, The fact that he's not sick, you know, that's impressive in and of itself. The fact that he was still excited, um, you know, and still puts this much heart into the team, too. You know, I, I think people get this impression of Saban that he's this heartless individual that doesn't really care for anybody but himself or cares about anything but winning, but... When I hear stories like that, and I hear about the stories, you know, of him taking the time to really get to know his players in the offseason and really getting to know someone's family and all this and their struggles and all that, and you look back, and you, I'm going to look at days like Saturday, you know, and it's going to be something that I remember Coach Saban for, kind of similar to what year was that, 2013, after the big win against LSU, and he's over there, Jumping up and down and hugging AJ McCarron like we had just won back to back to back national championships. I mean, he was elated. Uh, so that's what I'm going to remember from Saturday. It I think reminds
1: you. Thinking. It reminds you of uh, just how passionate he is as a coach. People like to have this vision of Saban as this removed. Yeah. Uh, cold individual that doesn't have any happiness or do what he does. He always has to have that one press conference every year that reminds you how passionate. So this, to me, was almost like a dad sticking up for, for his kids. I mean, yeah. the, the media was just lashing them and whipping him. For the last two weeks since Ole Miss, and we didn't look amazing against ULM, and every we were underdogs, and he what he saw was his boys uh, yeah. responding to that, and not negatively, but positively, and, and showing the nation that, no, y'all are wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and I... I you know, I, I I love the term dynasty. I could talk about it for hours. We could do an entire episode about that single word because that it fascinates me. It really, really does. But these people, I mean, we had five turnovers and lost by six people to one of the best teams in the nation. Five turnovers, you lose by six points. How the hell are you going to sit there and say, dynasty's done. That's it. Alexander the Great's been conquered that's over it's over it's done and it happens every year Alabama loses one game they're done Saban's old Kiffin's an idiot you know nobody wants to play that because
1: everybody wants it to be over I'm telling you it's because the everybody wants and we're such a story so in the media it's it just means that they get to magnify it they really want to look at us they want to make us wrong they want turmoil surrounding our program while other teams are getting it's i love being in the position where if we lose it's the end of the world because that means we're playing for something
0: yeah yeah no i mean i remember and i'm sure you do too i remember the days when going you know winning eight games a season was a that was a huge season i mean that was a huge season dennis franconi mike shula those guys (laughs) would kill to have the type of games that Saban did on saturday those games used to change those guys' seasons. They used to get people contract extensions at Alabama. I mean, oh, it, yeah, the, absolutely. I, so I don't know, and I know that those days are going to come again because as a college football fan, you learn that it's 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 a wave. You know, you've got your ups and your downs, but it's repetitive, and it happens every 10, 15 years, and things start to die off. I don't think anyone's denying the fact that Alabama is not the prominent force that it used to be. I don't think that we're on the uptrend of this roller coaster anymore. But just because we're on that downhill slope with this dynasty and with this team, it doesn't mean that it's over. They're not going to go back up and again. it also doesn't mean that yeah, it doesn't mean they're not no going more up championships. Again. Yeah, I mean you can you know when you're on a roller coaster you have the most fun going down. And I know that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but you know, but it's
1: cute and I like it.
0: <laughs> it makes you know it's it makes sense too. It, it makes fits sense. this uh, argument. You know, I mean, it sure does because you can still win championships on the way down. So that word dynasty, like I said, I could, I could talk about it for hours. I think Alabama has had a dynasty that started 2008, Georgia, and we can look at Saturday and say, you know what? No, it's not as great as it used to be, but damn, they're still here.
1: They're and still it did here, not man. end between the hedges. Well, I want to move back to the players that were on the field real quick. Okay. Um, yeah. One player that I. I Two, two players on the offense, I think, that played more, better than anyone. I don't want to mention Derrick Henry too much. Uh, obviously, he had a great game. He had, uh, you know, 148 yards rushing. He had the touchdown. He had the long touchdown run. He averaged almost six yards a carry. The guy that blew me away was uh, Calvin Ridley. This is the yep. first game where I really feel like they called his number. And, I mean, remember, this is a big game. This is uh, a great secondary he was facing. And I... I I'm going to say it, I think, because Robert Foster's out. I said a few weeks ago that Robert Foster was our best receiver. He's gone. So they needed someone to step in and replace that. It could have been Chris Black, but no. It could have been Cam Sims, but no. It could have been Stewart. No, Mulaney's playing well, but it wasn't Mulaney either. It was the true freshman in his fifth ever game. He is yeah. now moved into our best receiver. They were the, He was the guy that they were going to in the key situation. Patrick, let me ask they you were something.
0: Do you think the media actually watches Alabama and really looks at the roster? Or do you think they look at it on face value? And I know I'm not I'm not Face Value. Pegging we are anyone. we are slaves of the moment. I'm not I'm media. not pegging I, anyone know. from the media. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying you're terrible. Patrick, you and I are both members of T V media. We are. We, we, we are. know how it goes. I do it in my job all the time. Jordan Spieth shanks one into the water, he's the worst player in golf history. You know, a Tiger finishes third at Wyndham. Everybody says he's coming back. You know, I mean we take things at very face value you do the same thing in your job but it's when we talk about these people calvin ridley Minka fitzpatrick these are the two players we're talking about most in this episode this sixth episode we're talking about two true freshmen and people are saying that the dynasty is dead how
1: can it be you're gonna be here for another three years yeah. yes we're slaves of the moment and that's the problem yeah when you're talking about a team like alabama and they lose a game is you want to overreact you want to create the story so you're slaves of the moment i mean it's in every sport. It's 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 look. I mean, do, do you know how many times? And I don't want to bring this guy up, but I am. Um, do you know how many times LeBron James been written off because of one bad game? Yeah. As as a player, or 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 look at last year the New England Patriots. I people mention them all the time. They're going to serve as the perfect example of a media overreacting. Last year they started off, I think, one and three. It was. It uh, was. Tom Brady it's bad, and they won year. the. They won the Super Bowl. I mean, we want to overreact, and so Alabama is. The New England Patriots, the college football world. I'm sorry, but I have no problem saying that. We are the New England Patriots of the Super Bowl world. Or not the Super Bowl, the college football world. So when we lose, people are going to freak out. If we lose two games in a season, God forbid, which has not happened since uh, in the regular season, mind you, that has not happened since 2010. God forbid if we lost two games, people would say that we're going to go back. Nick Saban's going to the NFL. He's going to go coach the Colts or the Dolphins have an opening or something.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> please don't do that to me don't do that to He's you not, we both live in a... Florida we don't want like yeah. a giant oh god the war that would start if Saban went back to Miami oh good <laughs> god
1: I'm not gonna name the name but there there was uh a bleacher report reporter that actually came out and said Nick Saban as was a uh was an option to go back to the Dolphins like <laughs> sorry that's uh, the worst okay. thing anyway. I've ever heard I don't want to keep going. Special teams, dude. God. What do you think? Special uh,
0: teams. Oh, good. One dumpster fire to another. Um, No, honestly, Adam Griffith has gotten better. He's not good. He's better. I'm proud of him. Uh, I really, really hope a game doesn't come down to a field goal this year because I just don't think the kid has it still. True, um, true.
1: Not in not in crunch situations. You'll realize the field goals he are, is making now, They're not. they're not high-pressure field goals. No. So I don't know what no. I think of him in high-pressure situations again yet. But – but yeah, so well, and, and, he's getting better. You can't the bottom is, you know, he had to go somewhere.
0: Yeah. The guy that's been most surprising for the wrong reasons this season is J.K. Scott. Now, he had two on Saturday that could have been down inside the five. But Tony Brown didn't look up on one of them. And the other one. Well, the other one was probably a little bit unfair to say that it could have been down.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a slippery field, slippery ball. Yeah. Uh, well, what happened to my baby Legatron?
0: Uh, he, he gone. <laughs> he gone I no, oh, I mean this I isn't don't know. a new norm I, it's I've never seen a punter just fall off like this you know I've seen it happen with running backs and wide receivers and you know even linemen they have a good year and then they're back I mean look at Jadavian Clowney his senior year was or well junior year was terrible you know so I you know it's it's that type of stuff but you never see this with a punter and I remember there were games last year he won the Auburn game for us I I'm sorry yep. but he did because he penned, I mean, he almost he almost single handedly won us the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was he he played great, but now ugh, now he's just another Alabama special teams player, and I hate being like well, that. But he is he's inconsistent. Hopefully he gets it and you can't trust back him. Together.
1: Hopefully, hopefully he figures it out. Uh, he's he's definitely but how many a very, weeks are we stay that, man? How many weeks are we going to sit
0: here and be like, well, maybe next week? I mean, we said that that's in the first true. episode of the podcast or second episode of the podcast, I guess. Sophomore
1: slump. I
0: guess so. Freshman fifteen. Anyway,
1: sophomore slump. There you go. Um, we're we're starting a, a complete gauntlet here. Um, was, the Georgia really marked the beginning of the gauntlet. Now we're going to Arkansas, A and M, LSU, t- Tennessee, LSU, Mississippi State, Ooh. Uh, Charleston Southern, and then Auburn. I mean, that's a gauntlet of the rest of the schedule. So uh, let me let me I think ask. We you ought then. to take a look at, at at the look at that and see how we feel the rest of the way.
0: Let me ask you something. Yeah, which game are you more worried about? Charleston Southern or Auburn?
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean, you can I laugh, mean, uh... man, but Charleston Southern's a sleeper game. I'm like I'm sorry, but everybody's really excited to beat Auburn. Auburn's not
1: that good, man. There's uh, ugh. You you, never know. Auburn, Auburn, Auburn always plays up. Well, not all. They went two years without doing it, but Auburn at any moment, I guess, could play up to us, especially since they're obviously going to be playing spoiler. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I want to start with the game that I am the most worried about, and that's LSU. Okay. I think, and we don't. We're not going to spend too much time on each game, but I want to hit most of the major ones. LSU is. Has every single they're, they're reminding me of a uh, the George Jefferson led team. They have everything but a quarterback. I, Brandon Harris hasn't shown me that he's amazing, but they have everything but a quarterback plus Leonard Fournette. They scare me. They have a good defense and they have Leonard Fournette. But who tested them? That they have Leonard Fournette. Who's tested them? Ah, uh, you know what? I I don't know what I'm seeing on the field right now. I I'm I'm seeing I don't maybe they haven't been super tested yet, uh, but they're. I don't know. I'm afraid of LSU, obviously. Um, but but we get them at home this year, which is going to be we huge. Do. And but
0: they... yeah, no, you know I... how
1: these LSU games. LSU could be winless right now, the... but they always give yeah. Us fits.
0: Yeah, my favorite thing that I've ever read about LSU Alabama games was an. Uh, I'm going to forget who wrote it now. Uh, it was an ESPN article from last year, and someone was sort of highlighting the 2011 game of the century and comparing it to games since then between Alabama and LSU. And whoever it was said, even in the blowout years, even in the years when it's very clear who's going to win the game and that team goes on to win the game. 2010, it was LSU. 2013, it was us. And those two sort of bookend these years where it was back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Last year, same thing. But the writer said it was like taking two sledgehammers over your head and then swinging them as hard as you could down at your feet and letting them hit each other. He said, that's what these games look like every single year.
1: And th- it's my favorite game of the year. Yeah. I love – I know I, I know everyone likes to talk about the Iron Bowl. My, the, the most pumped I get up, I think the, the highest football can get in my brain is Alabama LSU. I love yeah. it every year, man. Yeah. Anyway, I mean I think if you ask me, and I'm going to go ahead and say this before we do the rest of the games, I do think we go undefeated the rest of the way. I'm saying it now, but – we're going to look at each game and see how we match up LSU is going to be our toughest but there are also other games to look at in the schedule that's not the only game left on the schedule
0: yeah no so so what do you well let me ask you one more thing then because LSU yeah you worry about them but something that I always focus on is sleeper games you know I I, jo- I obviously I was kidding about Charleston Southern earlier that's obviously a joke um because if we lose to them then it may be time to absolutely kick the panic button but Patrick, what about Mississippi State?
1: That's my other. That's a, that's that's another great sleeper game on the road. We'll have just played LSU, so granted, yeah. say we win or lose, really, but um, that's that's when if we come off of a LSU high or an LSU low, and we're looking forward to the next uh, chance to really pump ourselves up, which would be Auburn. We got to go on the road to Mississippi State. I know they haven't. Uh, Wowed the world, but they did play LSU close. Yeah, they did play LSU close. close. They beat them last year. Dak Prescott. You know how much we struggle with those kind of guys. Um, those dual threat can can improvise quarterbacks So that that is definitely going to be, um, a sleeper game. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, and it's a it's a crapshoot on whether or not this is going to be the case. But hopefully the team's head is screwed on before going into that game. Sabin Sometimes can get them to do that. Sometimes can't. When we, you know, but I hope yeah, everybody's that's definitely healthy a trap game. that game.
0: That's what concerns me uh, going through the rest of the season. Is can we keep everybody healthy? Because you know how football is, it's a fickle game. We, um, yeah,
1: thankfully, we had everyone stay healthy playing uh, an aggressive team like Georgia in the rain.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When we put, uh, you know, and I know you and I kind of joked back and forth about it, but the last two plays of the game, both Scarborough's out there on a pretty much rickety knee. Uh, running out there in the rain, planning, trying to twist, trying to shimmy. Listen, I, I, ugh, I
1: don't like I've it. Torn the, I've torn the old ACL twice. Oh, no, he's can told tell that his, story. His heart was beating so fast. Yeah. I mean, it was because yeah. – I, listen, I don't know that I've run on a wet field, even with my knee brace on, since I've torn my knee. He had to be thrown out there against Georgia, so I don't even know what he was thinking. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, okay, right, another game to look at yeah. uh, is – is a, the other rivalry game um, would be a team that has, we've mentioned dumpster fire a few times. Yep. Tennessee is is is, is it's, wildly, it's wildly, wildly disappointing. And you saw it coming from a mile away, and we argued about this a yes. little bit. I've got to give you props. You were absolutely right on the way Tennessee's season was going to go. Yep, I was. I Like,
0: I'm sorry. Thank you. That's what I should say. But I I, <laughs> I am such in a – just joyous rage because and I know that sounds weird, but because everyone was so wrong about them again, again when are you people going to learn? They can't do it they can't they can't do it. This is one of the more talented teams they've had in years uh, It is.
1: It's the most talented team that I think they've had since whatever year when I was a child that they went to the SEC championship game
0: uh, 90,
1: what was that? No, it was two- I want to say it was 2000s early 2000s Okay. Was the last okay, I went. see what
0: you mean. Yeah, I think that was 2003 maybe or so. I think you're right. But, yeah, no, I, ugh, God, they're bad. Um, I think it helps that we get them at home. Uh, I think everybody was really – do we get them at home this year?
1: Yeah. We do. Yeah. We do.
0: Um, That game is being played in Tuscaloosa, so I think that helps because, like you've mentioned with Auburn, they love playing the spoiler role. Uh, They're not very good. But they never
1: at really it. come close to us. They never really come close.
0: No. No, they're a bad football team.
1: And so tell me, tell me this thing that
0: you've read. Uh, Now, I know it's on the message board, so it's not exactly uh,
1: a great source of information. What have you heard about Butch Jones as of late? This was, I want to say it was either Saturday or no, it was either Sunday or Monday that I was reading this. And it's kind of died down. Um, I think it was Sunday morning was it was a lot on Twitter. And I'm not going to say whether or not these are these allegations are founded or whatever people are saying. But, you know people obviously Tennessee's having a disappointing season and this is when you usually see these things people are talking about uh, Butch Jones and an altercation with the player something about him punching a player before during practice right yep. before the season and 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 hush hush and keep it quiet and the players not going to practice and I'm, I'm not it's I'm not it's gonna say bad. whether this is even something that is even worth looking into and but that's just I know Tennessee fans are looking at this, and it's just adding salt to the wound of what has been a wildly disappointing season. I mean, they lost last week. They lost uh, against their rival Florida, and of course they get, they've given two games away: Florida and Oklahoma. So, yeah, yeah. no, uh, uh, I don't feel bad for Tennessee fans, but no,
0: me either, me <laughs> either. But I, it's uh, yeah. you grew up with them. I, I grew up with them, and I grew up with them when they were good too. Um, and, and that made it a lot worse. And we've already been through that. Uh, but yeah, I grew up with them when they used to beat the living daylights out of everybody, including Alabama. And I would get made of, fun of for being an Alabama fan. For I mean, for good reason. We were miserable and they were good. Like, you know, roles are reversed now. But that's how it used to be back then with Fulmer and all those guys. I mean, it was he could recruit. He could really, really recruit, man uh so, so let's move on let's get into the texas a&m game patrick i know that this game means a lot not only for texas and but also for alabama obviously because alabama's got you know all this sort of uh, we're walking the line at this point we really are i mean another loss really throws us down the dumpster uh as far as this season's concerned but if you're texas a&m this is your way to put yourself on the map and not just say, Hey, that wasn't a fluke with Johnny Mansell a couple seasons ago. We've got a renovated Kyle field. Uh, we're getting this Alabama team who beat us 50. What was it? 59 to nothing last year. I mean, we beat them by a lot. And so I really think that this is a game for Texas A&M, whether they realize it or not, that is really, really telling for the rest, not only rest of the season, but rest of Kevin Sumlin's career. Uh, whether or not he's going to be remembered as the guy that kind of put Texas A&M back on the map or really brought him back on the map. Because if Texas A&M beats Alabama Patrick, do you see them winning the SEC West or do you see that going back to LSU?
1: I, well, this is a measuring stick of sorts uh, for Texas A&M. Like, we, we are kind of that measuring stick for a lot of programs. If, Tana, if Texas if and m beats us, and they played well this year. Yeah, um, yeah, especially now it's, that it's it. yeah, I guess our game isn't really the factor, though, in the SEC between LSU and TAMU. Uh, I think their game will, will dictate that. Uh, but I think with us and El and Tam, you trying to measure up to us revenge game for the 59, nothing embarrassment yeah. they had last year and playing in Kyle field in college station. That's always a tough place to play, man. I mean, I know when oh, they God. did beat us, it was at home, but that that's one of the toughest places to play. And they're going to be coming out firing on all cylinders, at least trying to, because of what they were did last year. They're definitely a much improved team uh, defensively by a uh, head shoulders, and then, um, no. you know, uh, Kyle yeah, I do Allen has shown that he's much more than a flash in the pan like Kenny Trill was last year. I don't know. It's going to, you know, this, that's what the but SEC guaranteed. does. I mean, you can never tell. And that's the way it works anyway in college football. Um, I don't want to make this a whole college football wide thing, but the parody is so much closer than it used to be that, sure, you know, it wouldn't shock anybody if Tex beat us. I still expect us to win, but. There is no such thing as a game other than. No, that, I, I agree.
0: I agree. The uh,
1: Southern left on our schedule. I will that,
0: say this. Um, a, that and that we put bold predictions And that's, at I the think, the point the we've season. really been making since I uh, uh, don't have think Alabama's on the rest is going to lose another game. game. At this, but almost I think halfway if they the do, year. it's going to be Texas game. I think Texas point we'll has a point for most marginally
1: better LSU. But I think we're at a good spot now to look at the rest of the year. And we what we're trying to prove is that Texas AM as a game I think we get LSU at a point in the season where we
0: can kind of see the finish line. Uh, you know, the identity is already sort of set. And we talked about how fun those games are. I think that's kind of why they're so fun is because both of those teams are peaking right at that time. You know, I mean, it's really, you're either on the way to peak or you've peaked already. Um, And I think that that's what makes those games so fun. And so I think that's going to be sort of the downfall for Alabama against Texas A&M. If they have one, it's going to be, well, we still don't know what our identity is. Uh, So that game's going to be really telling Patrick, Let's move on. Last game of the season, always a fun one. Uh, yeah, that's the a good Iron point. Bowl. This year being played in Jordan Hare. We're not even going to get into what happened last time we were there. But tell me what you think we can see from those two teams in that game. I, I skirt either, I, I never skirt.
1: Yeah. Shiny, I mean, uh, you know, Auburn has Auburn, Auburn has not looked uh, they have neither looked good nor have they looked inspired at any point this year. I don't know what it was, but um, the high expectations, maybe maybe it got to their heads and then they were humbled very, 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 very quickly into the year. Uh, I mean, obviously it's Auburn. It's the Iron Bowl. and Like we said, there's no gimme. And Auburn does have loads of talent that's not coming together like they'd want it to. Um, but they do get us last, like you said, when teams are peaking. We've seen how Auburn – how quickly Auburn can just kind of throw a bunch of things into a pot and make a mighty fine stew. They can do that real quickly. they got a lot of pieces that they can put together. Yeah. And when they're motivated to beat their arch rival, I mean, anything could happen. Now, do I think we're going to lose – obviously not. I don't think there's a single guy out there even Auburn fans are going to say they expect to beat us. No. Um no, but and, and now that we're on the subject of Auburn, let's throw out how uninspired they have looked this year. Uh I'm going to start with a guy that at one point you said was maybe the most underrated player in the country, although he was Mel Kiper's number 1 receiver going into the year and that's Duke Williams yeah. who just last night was kicked He was off hardly the team targeted at all rumors. this season. Of uh, getting in yet another bar fight at Skybar in Auburn. And that, remember, that's not his first one. Ricardo He's had two Lewis or three of these fights. Yeah. He was put on, uh, not even yeah. not even yeah. a, no, a short leash. Um, he was on but, less than a short leash. zero-tolerance policy with Gus Malzahn. I, I, I don't know that he actually still, got in the fight, everybody but was talking about how great to Jeremy to was. And this was. is already LOL. after he was having a terrible year, and everybody was saying he was barely trying. and So, you know. He's hurt. been passed by three other receivers, who I think are all very good. I think uh, Ricardo Lewis and and Ray. I think those guys are solid. I think they would start on our team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was I was talking to my friend today, uh, Auburn friend, work with him, um, and he he said. And this is a player that I, you know, I don't like to say I like Auburn players, Javon but yeah. you know what? This guy's this this guy is, I've taken a liking to as far as, as who he is and what he's done so far this year. If he had half the heart that Peyton Barber has on the team, the guy that scored five touchdowns last week and the only guy worth a crud on offense so far this year, he would be winning the Heisman. And I believe it. I, the thing I like about Peyton Barber, and I can't believe I'm complimenting yeah. him right yeah. now, is the two other running backs. The one that we battled with, no, Javon Robinson and uh, and. And, and, and the other guy hold no, on I don't, I don't either i don't either i'm
0: i'm beginning to year, wonder uh, how much auburn fans still believe in this nonsense don't it'll come Gus back Moussa. to me
1: later the other running back um, auburn fans he's obviously off, right? lost control of the team. To start
0: he's uh, i don't him, think and there's any secret in that he's uh, running with this duke williams like thing like we saw a guy it, like Trey it, Mason. Running. it's a little i mean he was i think i'm getting off topic
1: complimenting pat patterson last year our game specifically against them they can't beat us but i don't think the defensive
0: backfield this year nothing Um, and I, I, like I said, I'll, I'll stand by the fact that he was underrated because everybody was talking about Jeremy Johnson. Yeah, me too. Looking at you, Herb Street, calling him one of your Heisman favorites. Guess what, bud? He's riding the pine now. He's not, he doesn't do anything now. Uh, no, they don't. No, they don't. No.
1: Technically, they say they still have an open competition, but let's be serious. I don't, I don't, I don't, Com. that's what they're reporting, is that they're still saying it's open. I don't think it's open. I think that's just to create interest in what's going on for Auburn because they don't have much of any of that right now. My thing about Duke Williams is, yes, I get it. He's young. I mean, with everybody on a college football team is a young kid, but, like, you have to have a little bit of awareness of yep. your potential future. I mean, his future was. Yeah. O'Brien is the sun. Number one receiver. I mean, shoe in first rounder. All I had to do was go out and catch a couple touchdowns this year and lay low and not get in trouble. And he had the talent. He was going to be drafted at least in the top two rounds. And he's he's going on a path that will say, well, Duke Williams is going to be undrafted. Yeah. No, I mean, I... he's costing himself millions of dollars. He's, doing what Michael Dyer did several years. He, Michael Dyer got yeah. two chances in college, but this is already Duke Williams' second chance. Yeah. Remember, he was a yeah, Juco no, I, player. I agree with so you. So this was his it's second sad. chance. It really is. Michael uh, Dyer had his on. second let's chance. Let's move on. Let's get into and, next yeah, week's Michael contest versus Arkansas. But he was not the first, second-rounder, million-dollar maker that he was going to be, and he's not making an impact in the NFL. And Duke Williams is quite literally playing well, himself and on and off the field. I'll, I'll text him tonight. Away from that. And... I don't know. It's um, tough to see so let's anybody in the even Arkansas an game. game. Uh,
0: let's let's just do hot takes, man. I don't I don't want to spend too much time on this. Brandon Allen, uh, he's got a big arm. Uh, he's played.
1: I mean, he's <laughs> yes, got good never, numbers.
0: Uh, that's was, something that the Arkansas team really so does. They have good numbers. Last uh, uh, week, Collins. Every other team
1: uh, that we play. All right, excuse not me. One this is why he's Uh Brandon Allen, eleven for twenty-four, two 219.
0: One touchdown last week against Tennessee. That Tennessee defense, not great. That's no secret. Uh, He's played pretty well this season, but he's not been this guy that everybody expected him to be, especially with all the experience that he has. He reminds me a little bit of Joel Stave, uh, who we played earlier uh, from Wisconsin, obviously, first game of the season. Not incredibly worried about it. Patrick, tell me what you think about Alex Collins and what kind of impact he can have this weekend.
1: Alex Collins, very talented, yeah. had a, already what has turned into a very, very solid career at uh, Arkansas, running for 1,000 yards and in that's his what... first two years. He's well on his way to that this year. But for some reason, he's never striked fear in me, uh, and it's even less so. Considering the no. fact and, that he just and shut I will say down this, Nick too. Chubb for 18 out of I will 20 running this. plays, um, and the, really the big one was not garbage really time. Not he should have had 100 under 100 yards rushing. I know it was a big Alabama thing for him. And congratulations, it, Nick serious. Chubb. Can it please Here, save it? He we'll got shut down all season he long. So if LSU beats Alabama this year, talented, impact player, but I'm not afraid of him, and I don't think he's going to be the X factor in the game. I don't think he's going to. let's move on. We'll get show us something we haven't seen.
0: Uh, let's do some more hot take sort of things. Let's move around the NCAA. Now, usually we focus on the SEC, but we've already done a lot of that. We're trying to move around a little bit. Uh, Patrick, go ahead. Give me your top five teams right now.
1: Hope you're right. Ours is similar. Uh, we talked about this before we started recording. I'm going to go Ohio State, uh, number one till they're beaten. It, I'm going to go LSU, impressive. number two. Uh, I know that they haven't yeah. been tested, but they're also playing like the number two team in the nation should play. They've got the Heisman frontrunner, and well, I, think. Uh, I think they have a belief in yeah. themselves that really I think we need to knock them off their peg a little bit. Number three, I'm going to go Baylor. I don't know how they do it. Really, I, Really, I just – for some reason, I think about a team like Baylor, and I don't know how they – just to get that many yards and touchdowns. I know they don't play much defense where they are, but I don't know. It's just like, it's as a kid, Baylor was like the team that you would whip up on, on the video game. And now it's like, I don't know. Okay. So number, number three, Baylor number four, Michigan state. They had a close call last week, but I think every good team will have one close call per season, maybe two. I'm yeah, I put Alabama at six. My rally. number one's
0: Ohio State. Together,
1: I sort of have this thing where until
0: you give me an absolute reason to take five you out I'm of the to top five, to I'm not taking you out of the, um, or excuse me, take you Boykin off the number one spot. spot. i
1: they're still to do it. I don't think
0: that's really fair to do to teams. I don't think rankings really matter right now.
1: This is sort of just for fun. But I think Ohio State. my top five as of right now. Alabama's because I think
0: if they had to play an Alabama or an Ellis or a USC or, a you know, a Michigan tomorrow, they'd whoop up on them because they're getting excited for big games. I mean, yeah, you can look at the Indiana game and say, oh, well, they gave up that many points to Indiana. They almost lost to Indiana. 2009 Alabama almost lost to Tennessee. I, yeah. If you want to play that game, we can play that game. But, uh, you know, it's very hypocritical. Yeah. yep so i'm going ohio state baylor we've already talked about baylor lsu i'm going third uh fourth i'm gonna say tcu that's the one i'm most hesitant on uh i really don't think they've been tested exactly it'd be and hypocritical
1: for us sort of to, it uh, by to, texas to tech, pound ohio state really. because, because texas tech is i mean they only beat arkansas by what was it
0: 10 sure sure and but put game, them on a neutral field ugh, against any opponent and ohio either. state's gonna show i don't up know play, that was a sloppy game uh Lastly, I'm going to go Clemson. I don't think it's because Clemson's the number five team in the nation. I I don't. I think it's because that's what everybody else thinks of Clemson. Because everybody gets so high on Notre Dame at the beginning of the season. I don't know why people are high on Notre Dame every year. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. That's cute. That's great, but I, I honestly would not put them in my top fifteen right now.
1: You called it because the they want to be. You were all Notre Dame is Notre Dame is what Alabama used to be, and they create uh, headlines wherever they go and they're doing well, and they're they're the independent team, and they're uh, you know they're the they're the touchdown Jesus, they're the they're the historical team. Um, I don't know. But the thing about Clemson is, and I keep saying this, if you ask me today, I still yeah, think that Clemson could sneak into the playoffs dangerously. they got to play LSU, they got to play South Carolina, and then they got the rest of the SEC. You're not going Go to tell the me one that this Clemson weekend, right? can't beat every team on the rest of their schedule, and they can't beat them handily. I think uh, FSU is their biggest uh, test that they're going to have, and I know FSU still undefeated, but um, they're one of the... L- worst undefeated teams left, if I'll you ask make me. Sure, I'll make sure hard you hard to say, because I grew up a huge FSU fan. I can show you pictures of me with Bobby yeah, Bowden. Yeah, I'll make sure you I can show you 50, 50 pictures of for me sure. at FSU games as a yeah. kid, but... Um... I am actually okay, now that we've brought that up, because uh, I do I work here at the news station in Panama City. Yeah. And so I that's will awesome, be going I, to help cover cool the FSU to see. Miami I know game on to the sidelines.
0: FSU Miami games, Unfortunately that is the same time as the Alabama
1: Arkansas game
0: but special. you know, so I'm I'm really you happy. The age for you. Of go ahead. Cell
1: phones are wrapping up. Give me your game of the week. What's your go to game? What a time to be alive. I get to go to one game, come back, and watch the other one at home on the comfort of my couch after a great great weekend and Uh, dope Campbell Stadium So Looking forward to that For sure Okay But never on the sideline Never on the sideline They are Thank you I want to go this is not where yeah, game day is that going should, that I'm going should with provide the, a lot of entertainment uh the team that we actually both just left out of our top five uh which is ranked number five right no. now i'm gonna go no, california golden painful, bears number 23 yes, playing number right. five, uh, Utah the number five my game week. Utes. i'm gonna go i uh, am I going This is, i'm going they're michigan both undefeated. northwestern they're both undefeated. I, I think of a really good california chance is undefeated. for
0: harbaugh to sort of say hey it's not perfect but we're getting so uh and you know northwestern's played well this season everybody thought week one Beating don't, Stanford, maybe a we, fluke. Maybe we know. Stanford's we, just not as good we, as we as fans know I think Northwestern is ever just that good. Uh, if I'm going <laughs> to predict that game, uh, by the way, I say that Utah beats Cal by 20. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I don't think Cal's going to come close in that game. The Michigan-Northwestern game, I'm going to take Michigan by three. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. Uh, and I can't point. wait to see it. I, I think it. I think it should be a good one. Well, it's, it's the historical teams. It's, it's the Michigans, the Texas, USC, Alabama. You know, it's just it's fun when those teams are good. It makes college football fun. Uh, it, uh,
1: I want to see Michigan I, I really like it Because I've always kind of liked the them. From, uh, okay. for no, they're like that team that I like for no one reason. One last question. We do like this every when week. When I'm not playing last with Alabama week, on NCAA, uh, I'm pretty much playing with someone completely. like Michigan. I just, uh, just kind of uh, like it. Go them.
0: ahead. Give me your score prediction. Yeah. Alabama, Arkansas this weekend go
1: plus they have the best fight song in the nation (laughs) yeah of course No, I
0: agree. Well, I agree. This I'm going to be off 34. We have, and even in the years past, uh, I think it that Alabama two scores in a lot early.
1: Like we want, but uh, first, second quarter. So I'm not going to really, really, really that we're going the ball to go inside. Uh, Arkansas, maybe Kofi gets a couple of good please, out Alabama routes going uh, uh, with his receivers. I think anyway, I'm going to go Alabama 28. I don't think Arkansas can really stop Derrick Henry. 13. I don't think it's going to be all That being said, I do think that Alabama really, really needs to make sure they focus on this game because
0: this would be a very, very detrimental loss to the program. Uh-oh. But like, you know, with that being said, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going 34, 17 people. That wraps up episode six. Thank you so much for listening. We say this every week, and I will say it at the end of every episode from here on out. This has been a dream of ours for a really, really long time. We've always wanted to do this uh, podcast, Patrick. Since we've met, I mean, for a long time, we've wanted to do a radio show, a podcast, something like this. And just the fact that we've got people listening and supporting us we can't thank you enough. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at uh, Pats Interference. That's P-A-T-S Interference. Uh, You can go to our website. That's PatsInterference.com. I promise we're going to start updating that more. Uh, You can go to our Twitter. It's at P-I underscore podcast. A great article by Cecil Hurt about not counting Alabama out. A great sort of Halloween, October theme with uh, sort of zombified Alabama. Everybody said they were dead. They rose from the that sort of thing. Great article on that Twitter. Gonna put it on Facebook after this. Thank you so much again for listening. This has been Pat's Interference. Oh, we're on iTunes too. Go ahead, find us on iTunes. Pat's Interference. I I mean, I, I love this, man. I love this. I can't wait to do this next week. Roll Tide, everybody. Thank you so much for listening again.